Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. You're listening to a message from the Mackinac, bringing you the very best from the vast collection of camps preached by healing evangelist, best-selling author, and mega church pastor, Dag Heward Mills. I hope your weekend has gotten off to a great start and welcome to our Saturday teaching. Today's message is from Blessings of Abraham Camp, preached in Australia in 2009. It is entitled, Managing Your Mistakes. Mistakes are an inevitable part of life and cannot be avoided, but through wisdom, the blow of a mistake can be softened. Dag Heward Mills teaches us how to make sure your mistakes do not determine how far you can go in ministry and life. Let's enter into today's message. Are you being blessed at your Australian camp? Blessings of Abraham. Something like this. I said something like this is the future. Wow. You see this car is something like this type of car. You see this house is something like this house. You see this type of marriage is something like this type of marriage. You see this type of church is something like this type of church. You see this type of missionary is something like this you see this type of anointing is something like this. 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 Wow. Amen. Sit down. Now. This next part is what we call, if you want to have the blessings of Abraham, it's what we call managing your mistakes. Amen. Managing your what? Your mistakes. If Abraham had made no mistakes, Alright? If Abraham had made no mistakes, he would be a little different from you and me. But because he made some mistakes, you get it? We thank God for his mistakes. Because it sort of brings him a bit closer. You know, have you ever wondered why God's favorite character was not Joseph? But David, the murderer and adulterer, have you ever wondered? The perfect guy, you remember he was tempted, he didn't fall. But God loved David. You see, the perfect life, many times, is not really perfect. There are many hidden evils within. Amen. Amen. And God has a way of seeing through apparent perfection and sees the reality of the heart. Amen. Are you there? So, where are some people missing? Were these these chairs are empty? 
some guys. Where are they? I want everybody here. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Alright. I'm going to wait for everybody when everybody's here. And I'm going to start, okay? In this particular case, when you are serving together, it makes it very difficult to say you are paying tight and you need money for Jesus healing crusade and maybe as a, a member of a call by your side and other things that you have to do to help in the church. So my question was, why, why are all Christians or all churches not paying tight so that it makes it easier for if somebody moves from one church to the other, if she know, he or she knows that this is my responsibility as a Christian to pay tight. The reason why all Christians are not paying tithes is because all Christians have a little different beliefs. That's why there are even different churches. That's why it's not just one universal church. Isn't it? Some speak in tongues, some do this, some believe in that, some believe it's for prayer on Saturdays, some is on Sundays, some believe in this, some so tithing is just another Thing that varies from church to church. But, you see, that is why I would say to you, it's something that I believe that is, is a blessing for you, not the church. So, even if I was not in this church, or even if you are not in this church, I would advise you to be a tithe paying. Because when you don't pay tithes, you will not even, you think you will give, but you will not give much. Yeah. That's it. Because God will never be the priority. You think that, oh, I'll give whatever. In the end, God, the end, God, you can't see him and you can't feel him. That's how he is. You can't see God. So, but anyway, I've written a book about it. When it comes, I hope it answers the questions. Amen. Have I answered your question? I believe. So, you, you have to have some part of your money that is a separate. Because... I mean, you are a lady, you want to go to town, you buy some a singlet, panties, uh, 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 dress, shoes, you, you do it jointly. We do it jointly, but everybody likes it. So it's from your section. You have your own um, bank cards, and you can take money, but you have to account for every money that you take. <laughs> yeah, so what I'm saying is that there is a point at which you are an individual. I don't know, that, that is also some people's way of living. It's like ah, everything is together. You get it. So that is also one way. But I find it very cumbersome. So I think that you have joined yourself nice. yeah, yeah. so tightly that it's making you it's making a lot of difficulties for you because as you grow in a Christian, as a Christian in your Christian life, you are going to find out that you have different extents of beliefs in different things. Do you understand? Mm. So, for instance, my wife is working with me in the ministry, but I'm blessed that she's working with me because not all wives can work together with them. Uh, because when you are married, you just look at beauty and other things and you flow. Then later on, you see that, not knowing that she doesn't believe it to that extent. Yeah. But you see, when you were young, you just, oh, will you, I love you, so I'll do it, will be sharp. Oh, I will. You, you are. Then you realize as the years go by that. There are differences in the extent to which you believe things. 
That's why a lot of pastors have problems because you can't really see the extent to which somebody believes something. You understand? Are you there? Yeah. Are you there? So, very, very, very important that you uh, have that separate. I've noticed if I ask anybody, should I give this money? I don't give that money again. You understand? Yeah. So, even my wife, if I discuss with my wife, I'll not give. So, I I give independently. She also gives independently. I pay that, she pays that. So you have joined yourself so much that it can affect. Because you believe different things. Is that also? Yes. Okay, then modify the council a bit. We counsel you that you could have a joint account, but you must also have your individual things that you do. That is it. So that thing must be there. Do you get it? It's not that you must have a joint account. Then on everything you join, same shoes, same this, same that. No. Yeah, you cannot express your faith. Okay, the next one, managing your mistakes. Genesis chapter 16. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So, Sarai said to Abraham, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. After Abraham had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Abraham's wife Sarai took Hagar, the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, as his wife. He went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised. Sarah said to Abraham, May the wrong done be, be up at you. Amen. <coughs> Hallelujah. But Abraham said to Sarah, Behold, your maid is in your power. Do to her what is good in your sight. So Sarah treated her harshly, and she fled from her presence. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. 
Now the angel of the Lord found her by the spring water, by the spring. He said, Hey, that Sarah's me. Where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Moreover, the angel of the Lord said, I will greatly multiply your descent and there will be too many to count. Amen. Amen. Behold, you have a child, you bear a son. He will be a wild donkey of a man. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. Amen. So Hagar bore Abraham's son. Abraham called the name of his son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when he bore Ishmael. Amen. Now what was Abraham's mistake? The mistake of what? What what do you think it was? What 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 was the mistake of Abraham? Yeah. Not going to God first and asking him. Not going to God first and asking him. Uh-huh. Was it a mistake? No. no. To have this son? Did God say that was a mistake? No. It was a mistake. Why? Um, the one that he did it the way that. He wanted to do it. Was that the mistake? God said, Sarah will have a son. No, he said, you'll be a father of many nations. He told her later, you're going to have a baby, not here. You sure? Yes. I said, you sleep with a maid. I thought that Abraham has to know. Abraham, that's what? Has to know who is safe with. Okay, we just use the mic, please. Use the mic. Mike. The other mistake was the fact that he said. Can you use the mic, please? I used to preach the athletes. <laughs> Is the mic on? Put it on, Paul. Uh, he said, as the leader of the family, he said to Sarai that she is in your hands. And really it should have been in his hands. He should have made the decision and said uh, she is to stay. But he said to Sarai, Hagar is in your hands. Okay, so different analysis. Anybody else? Right, yes, my dear. Now, who has the King James Bible? Huh? Abraham listened to his wife. Shouldn't a husband listen to his wife? To sleep with a maid. She didn't sleep with a maid. Yeah. Now, what is sleeping with a maid thing? I think when you look at the culture in the Bible times, I think sleeping with a maid, the maid was seen as someone who helps the wife to do her duties. And I'm sure a lot of modern wives would like to have this kind of assistance. <laughs> I don't think so. 
Every time they have headaches, they are tired, they are dead, they are dying. I mean, I think that the modern wives would really, huh? You think so, isn't it? So you'd like to have some help. How many of the wives think that it would be nice to have some such legal help? No, not babies, but just assistants. Yeah, yeah so you see. So you see, um, in those days, they separated sex from the institution of marriage and from the concept of even love. You get it? Because when Jacob also had his uh, wife, Sarah, Leah, Rachel, you know, it's like this one would give his maid, I'll give my maid to you, I'll have one with my maid. So the maid came into hell. Not only with sex, but in having the children in the first place. You get it. So, um, that I don't think is, I mean, when we say it in the modern way, you slept with your maid, it really sounds obnoxious. But I think in the context of whatever was their culture at that time, you get it, uh, it is a little different. So, it's easy to say your maid. You get it. But I think. Perhaps right here you have a a a a a a repeat of the first ever mistake of all mistakes, the mother of all mistakes. You said you have a King James Bible. Where is it? Genesis chapter six. Genesis chapter sixteen, and let's read from let's read verse two. So, read it out. Okay. The Lord for bearing children. Okay. Okay. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. Okay. Hold your Bible there. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Verse 17. What does it say? Then, huh? And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast Unto the voice of thy wife. Exactly the same phrase that is used on Abraham is used by 
explaining to Adam his sin and therefore the consequence. He says, Adam, now unto you, because eh, thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. This, 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 this. And the Bible says, and Abraham hearkened unto the voice of his wife. So, you see, listening to your wife is a good thing because the Bible says husbands love your wives. And when you love somebody, you listen to the person. One of my wife's um, desires or things that she likes to do is to chat. My wife can chat um, continuously for a long time. And because of that, you know, there's nothing like boredom or a lack of a story. She has endless news and stories all the time. Do you get what I'm saying? So I watch television without the sound or very low sound and she talks. <laughs> Are you listening to me? So it is, it is good to listen to your wife and to, um, you know, relate because there, there are some men who, you know, are killing their wives because they do not listen to their wife or this chat, they don't chat with their wives. You see, one day, a certain husband. He came to the camp with his wife and he opened the door for his wife and he, his, he asked his wife to sit down. So his wife sat down and then he closed the door. Then he told his wife, he said, See, my darling, when a husband, when a man does this, or a husband does this, there are always two reasons. But in your case, none of these two reasons apply. He's a serious husband. He said, number one, when a husband opens the door for his wife to sit down in a car, it's one of two reasons. Number one. Either the wife is new <laughs> or the car is new. Or the man is doing the wife is new. 
either the wife is new or the husband is new or the boy is new or the girl is new. One of them is new. <laughs> so a lot of husbands and wives don't they don't relate, they don't talk. I'm not talking about that. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, because you should. One day, a certain wife was not happy. <laughs> she was not happy at all. Do you know why? Her husband was driving her crazy. Because her husband would not talk to her at all. The, the man is deaf and dumb in the house. And she wants somebody to talk to. And she wants to talk. And the husband said, I do not enjoy talking to you. Because I don't enjoy your topics. I don't enjoy your discussion. Your, 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 the, the things you, you talk about are, are frivolous. And the wife was crazy. You get it? You see, you have to talk to your wife. Amen. Amen. Otherwise, you are making a mistake. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? But that is not what I'm talking about today. And I'm laying this foundation, not because I've lost my mind, but I'm laying this foundation because of what I'm about to say. The higher you go spiritually, the higher you go spiritually, the more you must be very careful to obey the voice of God only. And if you make the mistake of getting married, pastors, but Jesus didn't marry, so when you marry, you realize that you are different from Jesus. The higher you are spiritually, the more God is doing things through you and needs to be sure that everything is telling you and doing through you is happening. Because you, you serve him and you listen to him alone. So the higher you go spiritually, the more important it is that you listen to God. Now, the great mistake, when God has entrusted the whole universe to you, that he has created, everything has been given to you. And now, the one who put you in charge is now no more directing affairs. But this woman <coughs> is now guiding you or making you do something. I tell you, is the greatest reason. It's like if I leave you here as a pastor of Lighthouse Chapel and now instead of following the rules and the instructions that come from Lighthouse Chapel, you are following the rules and instructions that come from Redeemed Church of God in Nigeria. And you are following the instructions that come from Google God International Church from Jerusalem. Ah. Were you here when we sent Pastor Peter here? When you hear all the times we have spent money to come here and we have been building this church, making shepherds, appointing pastors and doing all this. You just get up and now you are trying to guide the church from another 
and done. Say, we don't have this, we are doing this, we are doing whatever. We will react to you. Because you are, you are following another voice. If you want to be a Baptist, go to the Baptist church. If you want to be a Methodist, go to Methodist. Every church is good. There is nothing wrong with them. But this is not something that is being guided by Methodist ways. So as soon as you start to hack into another voice, when you are very, very important person, as far as what God or what what God has done or what God is doing, you are the critical person through whom any voice uh, can come to change everything. You see, in Lighthouse, if I change something now, the whole church will change. Me. Because I'm the founder and I'm the bishop. I'm the presiding bishop. I'm the final authority. I mean, physically and humanly speaking. Yeah. You see, it's not, I was not appointed by anybody. Nobody appointed me in the church. Nobody put me in my position. Do you get what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, I have a lot of authority. I could make the church a prosperity church, dominion church, soul winning church, orphanage church, uh, any, I mean, idea. It can go here, 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 here. So what I listen to is very, very important. Now, if I start to now listen to another voice, no matter how darling about that voice is, no matter how sweet and how gentle and how beautiful and how soft it is, everything can get spoiled. Now, Jesus experienced the same test that Adam experienced, Abraham experienced, Jesus experienced it. You may ask, who was Jesus' wife? Jesus' wife was Peter. (laughs) Jesus' wife was Peter. In the sense that that was his dearest and closest person. Your wife is supposed to be your dearest and closest person. Our pastor who died, uh, just died, his wife was just telling me that her husband calls her every day in the morning, every day in the afternoon, every day in the evening, every single day. She said, my best friend has gone. My only friend in this world is gone. That is how marriage is a very good. And he was, he is the first chief marriage counselor of Lighthouse. Our book, Model Marriage and so on, has made a lot of contribution and he did a lot of the marriage counseling. Yes. He's the, I mean, he was our principal marriage counselor of our church. Foundations. You understand? And he had, he had a, a very good example. So he said about this, she told me, but this morning he didn't call. This morning he didn't call. So I thought maybe I was asleep or something. And not knowing that somebody called from the UN. So that the person was also crying. I'm sorry to tell that your husband has been killed. Yeah. But I'm giving an example that it's like the, the voice, the, the, the relationship is supposed to be your dear. You see, that's why it's my darling, my dear, your dearest, your best. So your best, closest, nicest person is the best disguise for a voice. Did you hear me? I say your best, closest, nicest, sweetest is the best disguise 
voice. And Satan has often used that voice. So he did it to Adam through the voice of his wife. It's some of the, the, the fruit. I think you go, but God had told him, God had said, do not eat it. He said, but God said, I should not eat it. Yeah, yeah, God's word. And then he listened to his wife. But he was not listening to his wife. But where's that his wife told him the words of the devil? It was the words of the devil himself. And the same words are applied to Abraham. Abraham's wife said, do this! You know, and he did it. Now, Jesus' wife, in quotes, said to him, you get it? Do this. Are you listening to me? Who was Jesus' wife? Peter. Peter said, you are not going to the cross. Don't go to the cross. If Jesus had not gone to the cross, but he had just preached about the prodigal son, the man on the way to Jericho, the Beatitudes and whatever, how would you be saved? You cannot be saved by those nice messages. You are saved and washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So Satan was attacking the whole foundation of the salvation of everybody. He was trying to make it that nobody would be saved again. But you see, Jesus had the highest form of discernment and was able to discern that no, even though I've chosen you as the rock, you are Satan today. But very few pastors, husbands, are able to distinguish when the voice of Satan is coming through the sweet, dearest, best. But if you follow her, God will punish you. Yeah, God has punished people for following their wives. God will punish you. You lose your life, you lose your ministry, you follow your wife. Lose your ministry. Lose. Follow God. I have told my wife many times. I said I will not follow you. I promise. I promise. I said I will. I will never follow. I will follow God. I'm determined. To follow the Spirit, not to follow a woman, no matter how nice she is or what she is. I will not follow you. I told her over and over. And I'm determined to lie that. I will never follow her. I will follow God. If what God leads me coincides with what she wants, then she's blessed. <laughs> if I was following, I would not be here today. Do you think if Jesus was on the cross, his wife was standing there? And he said, you are going to die. And what? She would say, what, so what will we do? What will happen to her? What about the children? What about our future? What about our home? I'll be alone. That's why Jesus didn't marry any woman. And then why he didn't marry any woman, but here comes Peter. Who is the rock? He said, No, 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 no. It cannot be. You are not going anywhere. Even Peter said, You are not going. How much more a wife? Peter, the man, he says, You won't die. How much more the wife? What will the wife say? That is why when Abraham was taking Isaac, he didn't have any meeting. Never told his wife anything. Just took Isaac and went to sacrifice him. Are you listening to me? Amen. So, ladies and gentlemen, you must. Now, those of you who are under pressure from your wives, say this, say this, say this, say this. You must be able to be like Jesus. Say, no. Satan. Satan. I will not follow you. You might be able to tell the wife, I will not follow you. 
Ah, if I have to even leave you, I'll leave you. It's true. Jesus said, any man who comes, ask why do those scriptures apply? If any man come unto me and hate not his father, okay, his mother, his brothers, his sisters, his wife. Wife is included. Hate his wife and his children. And then, yea, his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. So where does that scripture apply? In what cases will we apply such a verse? <laughs> you see why your ministry can end? Because you, 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 don't, you cannot believe that such a scripture must be applied today. When the Bible says, husband, love your wife. You see, but Jesus still loved Peter. After he says Satan, then he continued to give instructions. Okay, now we are going to build the church, okay? Okay, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. Because you see, it's Satan that is the problem, but the person is nice. So how to balance the two? To both rebuke and then to love. Or both to reject and then to, to love. It's not a small thing. And many people have lost their ministries over this principle. Are you listening to me? So, that is a great mistake. But you see, a mistake if Peter, if Abraham had not made a mistake, then perhaps we could have said that he was perfect, but he made a mistake. And he continued, you understand, to follow on with the Lord. Amen. Amen. As you continue, so the way you manage your mistake, you know, is not to give up. That's right. Amen. Amen. It's but to press on. Amen. And you see that Abraham, it's like each problem that came up, he tried to find a solution. Do what you want. Okay, send her away. Okay, she's come back. Okay, no problem. We are flowing. You need to decide to continue to serve. Abraham never stopped obeying God. In spite of his mistakes. Because even after you've made a mistake, there is the will of God in that mistake. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yes. Yes. Many of the will of God is created by mistakes. Do you understand? Yes. Many of the things which are the will of God are created by mistakes. Amen? Amen. Uh, the mistakes that we make many times lead us on towards God's will. Yes. And many of the unfortunate things lead many times to God's will if you have faith. Because the Bible says that all things work together for good. Amen. Amen. All things work together. I have made many mistakes in my ministry. Amen. Amen. And that is why I am very protective of young pastors. Those are pastors who are beginning. Because I have learned that when you make mistakes or you do wrong things or you make mistakes, it's not the end. Almost everybody who is even here some of you, you were vagabonds in other churches. It's here that nobody knows your past. That's why you are here. Nobody knows you. If people knew you, eh? 
their attitude towards you will be different. Not only that they don't know you, you are sitting here as a mystery. A strange woman. Nobody knows you. And you realize that sometimes the same person who has fallen into sin caused a lot of problems. That same person tomorrow is the best person. Sometimes that problem was actually part of, you know, the will of God. Do you get it? To create you how you are, how you are supposed to be. It's true. That's what I believe. Amen. Okay. Are you listening to me? Are you there? Yeah. 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 <laughs> My sister, what's her name? Hilda. <laughs> you see, the strategies <laughs> to keep us around. There's a song which says, we must wait, wait, wait on the Lord. We must wait, wait, wait on the Lord. Learn our lessons well. In his timing, he will tell where to go, what to do, and what to say. Amen. Genesis chapter 17. How many are going to manage your mistakes well? Amen. Amen. Now, later on, you find 
Abraham managing his mistakes even more cleverly. Amen. Amen. Because we will not be able to get there in this camp, you must turn with me to Genesis chapter 25 and you will see the management of the mistake a bit more clearly. Genesis chapter 25, verse 1. Now Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore to him Zimran. I hear she was 26 years old. That is not the Bible. Jokshan, Midian, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Six children, I tell you. Abraham was very active. And Jokshan became the father of Sheba, and the sons of Dedan were Ashurin and Leshutim and Lemumim. And the sons of Midian were Ephraim, Ephraim, Hanok, Abida, Elder. All these were the sons of Keturah. Powerful tribes. Now, all, now Abraham, alright, gave all that he had to Isaac. But to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts while he was still living and sent them away from his son Isaac eastward to the land of the east. <laughs> These are all the years of Abraham's life that he lived. 175 years. And Abraham breathed his last and died in a ripe old age. An old man and satisfied with life. And he was gathered to his people. Amen. Then his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah. In the field of Ephraim. The son of Zohar. The Hittite facing Mamre. The field which Abraham purchased was from the sons of Heth. There Abraham was buried with his wife Sarah. And it came about after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac lived in Beer Lahai Roy. Amen. Amen. Now, you need wisdom. Are you there? You need wisdom to manage your mistakes. Your mistakes are already created. That's right. Amen. Amen. But you need wisdom to guide you to sort of manage it. You can't kill the mistake. If you kill the mistake, it will also be another mistake. So when you make a mistake, you need wisdom to manage. Now, instead of leaving Isaac to be killed by all his brothers, Whilst he was alive, Abraham gave everything he had to Isaac. Now all the other sons, whilst he was still alive, he gave them gifts and sent them away. Go, bye-bye, you go. Bye-bye, you. Bye, here, take this, go. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye. Travel, travel now. I'm here, travel now. Don't stay here again. He transferred them to different countries. That was wise. If he had kept them there, they would have fought. You see... The eyebrows are only there, or the eyelashes are only there because of the eyes. So when you remove the eye, there is no need of eyebrows. So the children are only united because of the father. 
So when you remove the father, you may see that a lot of the things that were there because of the father are no more necessary. Yeah. I said that we don't know, we don't believe what was holding us together in common is gone. We all look up to him, but now he's not there. And you, I hear you say you are the heir, and you are the what? The what, what, what of nations. What do you mean? So you have to understand the human nature and manage it. Some of you have married the wrong person. How many realize that somebody, not you, has married the wrong person? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Somebody you know, but not you. You know of somebody. You back the wrong horse. When you have married the wrong person, what are you going to do? You have to use a lot of wisdom. Strategies. Wisdom. To care for yourself and to manage things. It can never fully be corrected. But it can be managed. Medical doctors do management of mistakes. Almost all the diseases are simply managed. Apart from infections in which the animal that is causing the infection is actually killed. Not even that the sickness is so. But the animal that the bacteria that is causing is killed. Every other sickness that's managed. Asthma, they have the medicine that keeps opening the thing. Every time you go, they have something. Then you go. Hypertension, they have something that makes you wee-wee. You know, or something that expands your blood vessel. You have to take it every day. That's why you have to take it every day. Sickle cell disease, yeah, they'll give you folic acid to help the blood cells every day. And then try not to get malaria, this, this, that, that. You are you okay. What other sickness again is there? Mental sickness. Take this medicine every day. You see, they'll be growing a little further, but it cools down the symptoms. You see that? And that's why they say that when a mad person is cured, there is a small one left in the person. for fighting little children is left. The one for fighting little children is still there. When it comes to epilepsy, they just manage it. When it comes to cancer, they just take out the lamp. But you see that the cancer is still, that's why sometimes someone says, oh, I had cancer, I've had operation. And so I'm healed, I'm cured. Then a few years later, the person is dead. Because the person wasn't cured. They were just managing things to keep managing. Most things, most diseases are like that. It's managing of the mistake. You can cut off, you cannot cut off everything. One day one of my pastors had cancer. And it was in his leg. And they said they were going to cut off. I said, don't cut off the leg. Check the scan and see whether the cancer is anywhere. So I said, he's got cancer. He's going to die. Unless God heals. He's going to die. So why do you cut off the leg? Then the last few weeks of his life without leg. He'll be more depressed. He don't take care. He'll not come home from the operation. So they went and did the scan. When they did the scan, there was cancer also in the brain. I said, now are you going to remove the head? What are you going to do? So it's about managing the problem. A lot of things you cannot see. So have these glasses. So some people will be putting on glasses, others without. Okay, then they have something, uh, contact lens or uh, laser. Every sickness. Why are you mentioning the sickness? Some kind of management. It's not something that you take out of the person. Yeah, that's true. 
So your, your marriage, you cannot take it out. Mm. Your child who is somewhere, you cannot remove him from the world. You have to find wisdom to manage, manage. the thing you have created or what has come to be. Right. Yeah. Blind, they find the braille for them to be able to type and to read. You know, deaf and dumb, they find this area to hear some sounds. You know, get a white cane to help the blind people to move around. Deaf and dumb, they have some. I went to the deaf and dumb school and I, was, I saw the children. Then they were, oh, they all came around. And they said, they, they, do, they do like this. And then, this is how, how are you? I'm fine. This means I'm fine. In English, in, in, in uh, Korean, it's a different language. But how are, how, how are you? I'm fine. If you meet them, they have a word for every word. They have one. Five, five thousand words. This, 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 whatever they have. Different. I mean, you cannot cure the thing. But it's so school for deaf and dumb. This language, this, every kind of mistake is some kind of arrangement. I sat in my office with Stevie Wonder. Do you know Stevie Wonder? Yeah. Stevie was sitting by me and I was talking with him. You know, and I look at him and he said, you know, I'm going to say, he asked his president, is he tall? What is he like? Is he, is he a bit like Bishop Noel Jones? Is he slim? Because he could feel me. You know? It's like, and it's like a, a millionaire. You understand? But he, you cannot cure it. So managing. Managing. And you ask, how does he see? How does he know this is, I can marry this person? I mean, even if you are blind, you may have to find a new way. So, I want to feel you. Can you stand here, please? And you get a lady, so stand. Yeah, lady. Is the bottom a bit? Let me see. What <laughs> <laughs> about the bread? <laughs> yeah, because this is how you get a beloved as a blind person. How will you know? <laughs> but if you don't develop certain strategies to manage the whole problem that you have created, you cannot. So, a lot of problems, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. And so, you need to get into the wisdom of God. So, Isaac said, look, these people, they will kill, they will kill. Yeah. Let me send these guys away yeah. and I will give everything to so that I can fulfill the will of God's death. What wisdom key does God give you in the midst of your difficulty, financial, this, marital, whatever? There are wisdom keys that come in to help to... What kind of man have you married? There's a way to stay with him. Oh, yes. There's a way to you be surprised. There's a way to tame him. There are people who have your same type of husband. They are able to tame him. It's like a dog. You need him like a dog. I tell you, the same type that you have that you say you don't like. That same type, there are people with a water water that they are able to stay with him. Water! There are people that wife you say you cannot stay with. There are people with a water one that you want. Water! Hey! They are able to find a way to stay with her. Smiling. Yeah. Through wisdom keys. Yeah. Wisdom keys. Strategies. And especially 
the strategy of understanding human behavior and reactions. Matthew chapter 6, I believe it is. You see Jesus speaks about three private painful things. Prayer, fasting, and giving. He says, if you honor me privately, the Lord will bless you in public. So, when you see a man of God, right, maybe things will be doing well or whatever you think about the person, that person has experienced or is practicing, because I've almost finished, preaching, that person doing something privately that is probably painful. Or has done something that was painful to him privately. That leads to public blessings. If you ever see a grown-up man who is going for circumcision, you will feel sorry for the person. It's not a small thing. It's only because the person is a baby most of the time. You don't even notice that something is happening. But to be circumcised, and Abraham did it. He and I mean Abraham looked like he was some wild guy. He had a penis which was not circumcised. And he was a grown up. I mean he was very obedient to God. He gets sharp stone, somebody come to hold the penis like that and swipe the thing off. Yeah. I mean you think about that. Grown ups. Oh the men he has you call all of them and said, what? Are you ready? You call and say, look, remove your penis. God told me that we should cut this part of your penis off. Uh, remove it. You're going to cut. Hey! How many relatives? And it's like the devil was like, this man, man. Today, you are going to kill your child. Tomorrow, you are saying, everybody bring your penis. We are going to cut, strike it off. We are going to cut it. And what kind of person is this? But you see, this is the what is somebody that what is the revelation about there? <laughs> Sandra, what the revelation that you have in your share it with us. She does what? She loves the How many writers it's not going to be easy to follow Abraham. No idea. Which is fantastic. <laughs> because circumcision is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a sensitive subject. Because people who are not circumcised, many of them don't see why they should be circumcised. Is that why? That is what, that's, what, that's how it is. They don't see, and people who are circumcised find uncircumcised odd. You get it? So it's it's a a funny. So for Abraham to just get up and say, All of you, what is circumcision? He said, No, they are going to shape you. This is the penis in the new way. You see, when we say circumcision now, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, when we say circumcision, we all know what it means, but he was not introducing this idea to the world. He is the inventor of circumcision. How is he going to demonstrate it? How is he going to show it? How is he going to explain it to the people? And and, and, and you think about it, very, very painful. And you see, God has found somebody to whom he could execute his wishes. 
He was a very special person. Oh, God. Any idea that God brings him to the answer, as for Abraham, he will do it. And, and God told God told about Abraham. He said, I know Abraham. He will command his father. Why should I not tell him all this? Why should I not show him visions, angels, and so on? I know him. I know him. You see, when you look at us, even to pay tithes, to give offerings, to do certain things, to pray, you will not do anything for God. And you look at Abraham, who is ready to do this in an explain. Now you can you imagine the first grown-up man who is brought that Abraham is coming to show that he wants to shape the penises of all his his uh, what do you call it? His descendants. And he calls without anesthesia. About six thousand years ago. And he calls them so that you can't all of all the men take off now. Come from about you see you are going to do and when you cut off the first one, it's all black. You can't see what it looks like. Because you can cut off and if you don't take it, you cut off a piece of the and it's all what they call it. Hey. <laughs> In fact, as I'm preaching, I've appreciated Abraham very much. How many have really appreciated Abraham that he's some wild person that God found on earth? And his only mistake was that he listened to his wife at that point. You get it? But you see, God, you see how God just overlooked that thing. He didn't say anything. God made no comment about Ishmael and all this. He just maintained his stance that yes, you are going to be Sarah, is going to do this. He didn't say anything about that thing. So sometimes you should be careful. You are saying something. God hasn't said anything about somebody's mistake. You are sitting there criticizing somebody, trying to kill the person. When God hasn't said much. <laughs> what painful thing are you doing for the Lord? Huh? What painful thing are you doing for the Lord? What painful thing are you doing for the Lord? That hurt you. That cost you. That humbled you. Huh? That was painful. And that was private. What do you do that people don't see? You do something people don't see that is painful, that is private, not sin, but it's honorable before the Lord. That brings blessings. Wow. You know, that's what I want to leave you with tonight. Go think about it. You know, I can go a thousand ways here, but God is telling you when you serve Him, it will cost you. It will cost you looking queer, looking odd. Now you have a new shape of a penis, and you are approaching your wife who is used to the old one. (laughs) (laughs) The thing has changed. (laughs) I prefer the old one. Look, Abraham was a great guy. Why don't you give Abraham a clap for him? With Abraham's credentials, big, big person. <laughs> when you say Abraham's blessings are mine, you better look at the personality very well and ask yourself whether you 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 can do the things that Abraham did that brought the kind of blessings that he had in his life. Is it not fantastic? Is it not supernatural? Holy Ghost. Stand to your feet and give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah.
Reach your hands to the Lord, Father. We thank you for the great blessing that you give to us. Oh Lord, what a great blessing, what a great encouragement in the name of Jesus. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.